Hello again, and welcome to the Creative Careers in Medicine podcast. I'm Andrew Bracey. In this interview series, we hear from doctors who are taking charge of their careers and personal lives to forge their own creative paths. In this episode, episode six in the series, I had a chat with the founder and the driving force behind Crazy Socks for Docs Day, Melbourne cardiologist Dr. Jeff Toogood. Uh, for those not already familiar with his story or the initiative he kickstarted just a few years ago, um, in a nutshell, upon returning to work after dealing with depression and anxiety problems, Jeff encountered firsthand the stigma attached to doctors who find themselves wrestling with mental ill health. Determined to change the culture around doctors' mental health, as explains in our conversation, he thought up a novel way of not only heightening awareness of the often silent and lonely struggles faced by health professionals, but encouraging more open and useful dialogue across the profession, which he hopes will lead those in need of help to the support they need and ultimately to reducing doctor suicide around the world. As I record this, uh, Crazy Socks for Docs Day is only just a few days away. It's this Friday, the 7th of June. So if you're listening before then and you want to get involved, all you need is a pair of fun, colourful socks. You can help spread the word by taking photos of your of your feet, posting them on your preferred social media platform with the hashtag Crazy Socks for Docs. That's the numeral four in there. So again, Crazy Socks for Docs. Uh, for more information, you can go to crazysocks4docs.com.au. Um, in our conversation, Jeff was really open about his own lived experience and about the changes that are needed to better support health professionals when they need it. Um, it was a fascinating chat, and I'm very grateful that Jeff was willing to give up his time in what's a very busy week for him um, to talk about these issues. Before we get to that, though, very quickly, I need to remind any of you who have not already signed up and booked your tickets for CCIM 2019, that's the Creative Careers in Medicine Symposium, to get over to the website and register today. It's happening on the 3rd and 4th of August on the Gold Coast. The speaker list is looking pretty awesome, I've got to say, and of course, there's a ton of other great things going on, including workshops, one-on-one career counselling, there's creative classes, we can learn new skills or just have some fun trying them out. Uh, you can get expert advice on the side hustle that you've been trying to get off the ground. Um, speak to those who've been out there and making it happen for themselves already. Um, so again, that's CCIM 2019, the 3rd and 4th of August on the Gold Coast. For all the details and to register, go to creativecareersinmedicine.com. Time's running out. It's only a couple of months away now. It's less than that even. So get on it today if you can. And of course, you can follow CCIM and Facebook and on Facebook, I should say, and Instagram. So, on to the interview with Dr. Jeff Toogood. Dr. Jeff Toogood, thank you for joining me today in what must be, it must be an incredibly busy, uh, but no doubt very exciting week for you. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. It is a very, uh, you've kind of encapsulated, it's a very busy and an exciting week, yes. Um, now, some people might know a little bit about the backstory behind Crazy Socks for Docs, the, the annual Doctors' Mental Health Awareness Day that you started, and which is taking place as I'm record, as we're recording this conversation this Friday. Um, but for the uninitiated, it stems from your own personal experience with mental health. I just can perhaps can you start by talking me through your experiences during that period of your life, um, what you were going through, your return to work, and the perspective um, and the determination I suppose that sparked in you that that. To, to, that want to change the way that doctors not only approach self-care but the culture around um, those in the medical profession who might be affected by mental health issues? Uh, yes. Um, I've kind of had a, well, a long history of mental health issues perhaps over 20 years but well in between a lot of those. 
sort of 20 years, I had a major anxiety episode. Um, but I was essentially able to work kind of at that time. I worked through and recovered from that. And then maybe six or seven years ago, I had my first episode of major depression. And then a couple of years after that, a, uh, a subsequent episode of major depression, uh, probably worse than the first episode. Um, and I think I was lucky, or not, or lucky and sort of not lucky in a way, in the sense that between the first and second episodes of the major depressive episodes, I had a, a better understanding of what to do when I got ill. I uh, had more protective mechanisms built in and learned, and so. I think that helped me survive the second episode, which was far worse. Um, and then I kind of recovered, went back to work, uh, great, you know, probably a bit quicker than I should have. Um, and then uh, the crazy socks came about because of a... Um, stigma I received or some strange sort of, um, you know, comments I got behind my back about um, my mental health because I had a pair of odd coloured socks on at work. So um, what became a bit concerned that maybe you were you were struggling again because of the socks purely? Yes, well, you, largely, yes. Yeah. And what I find, you know, somewhat strange now is you can walk into an apartment store now and buy a pair of Mitch Max odd-coloured socks and no one would think anything about it. Um, I guess, you know, in medicine, we're very conservative. So for me, even wearing coloured socks was probably a bit of a um, something not kind of... In the mould. In in the mould. But I've been deliberately buying coloured socks just to kind of cheer myself up a year or so before. And then... um, this came about and I kind of thought this was very, you know, I was kind of, I was a bit offended but not surprised by the attitude and Mm -hmm. I thought that's just a superficial judgment of someone with a mental health issue. Um, No one actually came up and asked me if I was okay, which would have been the right thing to do if they were absolutely concerned. And then I, and that was probably a year or so before I started the Crazy Socks Day. Mm. And I sort of mulled over my mind, try and work out how I could turn that into some sort of awareness campaign um, and sort of advocacy and anti-stigma campaign about mental health, particularly in doctors. Hence, crazy thoughts. <laughs> and how many, This is, it's really taken off. How many, so it's all around Australia now. It's been going a few years. How many countries, because it's, it's international now, isn't it, too? It's international now. It's. Um, it will go all around Australia. Um, I do know South Africa, Canada, United Kingdom, Ireland, New Zealand, Fiji, parts of the United States are all getting involved in the day. And what's involved um, in the day? What, what can you what can you do? Obviously, the it's you know other than just wearing the crazy socks. Where do you go from well, there? The simple, well, the simple thing is to you know find a pair of coloured socks, put them on, take a photo, tag it often tag the photo with some of your friends. And then the hope is, like, um, I just got a photo sent from a hospital in Melbourne in St Vincent, Melbourne, where 
that CEO Pay has bought show bags for all the doctors with some goodies inside. I'm not sure what's in that, but I think it's like coffee vouchers and chocolate and socks, just as a show of support for the doctors. So it stimulates a morning tea, afternoon tea, lunchtime, grand round. No, that's the idea. Conversation it. about it, yeah. Conversation. And the kind of normalising the conversation and sort of saying you're not alone, you know, and that's the kind of thing it's about, yeah. I guess one of the, as, as we were saying, one of, one of the key goals you had was changing the conversation from being, you know, as, as you touched on, being behind people's backs to one that's more open, inclusive, understanding, um, and ultimately supportive. When you started yep. this journey, um, what were those first conversations like for you? I mean, you know, there are so many doctors around Australia and around the world that, that, that are dealing with these issues and this culture that doesn't always um, help um, of course, and, and there are plenty of cases, and we'll get to a particular case we'll talk to in a minute. But was it initially, was it talking to colleagues um, that you sort of might have you thought, understand who you could trust, or who, who you, or did you go directly to those people who you'd heard sort of whispering behind your back, or was it more of a sort of seeking out senior people that you thought um, might be able to help sort of push something bigger than, than, than just sort of talking to a couple of people who might have been misunderstanding um, where, you know, some of the issues around mental health? Uh, about the crazy socks or just about the mental health? The crazy socks simply was a, I use social media for the good and put it out on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and it sort of took off. That was the only, I mean, that's, Exactly what it is. Mm. I just tagged mm. a few friends and asked them, and social media took over. Right. Uh, so that's how I essentially was a social media driven initial campaign. I had tried a few months before emailing many colleges and institutions and mental health organisations without too much uh, success. So mm. I thought I would just take a picture of my socks and and put it on social media. I didn't have that many followers, may I say. Yeah. But a number of others but took sort it of up who had a lot. Managed to get a viral sort of reaction to it. It got the viral reaction. <laughs> so we actually trended in the first year number two or three behind a Donald Trump misspelled tweet, which was kind <laughs> of good. Well, you, you, yeah, you, that's that's doing okay, I guess. Yeah, it's, it is okay. And last year we last year we trended higher than the Kardashians, which is kind of cool. Well, that's very very cool. You know, things are yeah. moving for you when you're outrating the Kardashian, the Kardashian family. Yeah. So only for a day. Only for a day. <laughs> only so. for a day. So, yeah. what was the? How about the conversations about um, internally about your situation? Did you did you feel comfortable enough going to? Um, to talk to the, the, the people that, that might have had misunderstandings about your situation before it became no. crazy socks? Or what? how did you deal with that? I still think, well, I kind of ignore, I, look, I, I've ignored it and pushed back this way. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, I feel still uncomfortable, although my story completely out yep. in the media. I still feel uncomfortable sometimes talking to some people. I don't you know, trust everybody, I think. And I think that's not unusual in the medical profession. There's certainly this part of my story that I wouldn't share, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, just because, you know, they're related to my family, they're related to me, but they're off limits, you know, completely. Uh, But 
um, you do. I, I I have over the period of time had more support for what I've done, but initially it was kind of not as um, profound as it's become recently. <laughs> We're seeing um, increasingly across the rest of society that there is a genuine appreciation, I think, and acceptance that we, we can we, we no longer can expect people to be invincible, sort of emotionally and mentally. Um, yes. It seems like certain professions seem to have taken longer than others. I mean, if we look at even the way that we view sort of athletes and some of the sort of tum- you know tougher professional sports like the AFL, for example, where there's been in, in recent times a sort of a spate of um, you know every other week there seems to be another star player from, from whatever team who seems to be you know get uh, face the the reality of mental health. Um, but yeah. the time is quite often taken. The supports provided; those players get time away. They come back healthy in a lot of cases. You know, yeah. Lance, Lance Franklin being a, a, perhaps a good example. If to you know going coming back to their best, but if football can do this, why why is medicine taking so long to get it together? I actually don't know. I, it's an interesting question. I mean, and Lance Franklin is the sort of person that came to my mind when you mentioned that mm-hmm. and you brought up the name. But, like, the Swans were going into a final series. He's their star player, and they didn't bench him, but they he didn't play because mm-hmm. he was unwell. Mm-hmm. But they supported him, got him back to good health, stuck to playing well. Um. And as I've said before, no one's gone up to six foot five, Lance Franklin, and said, mate, look, you've chosen the wrong career and we don't think you're resilient enough to be an AFL footballer. You're not um, up to it, yeah. And you're not up to it. They got him help and got him supported. I think the football, the sports stars have led the way in a lot of ways by being open. Mm. Uh, it's probably a reflection of Australian society in the sense that we've value our sports stars very highly. Yep. Uh, they still get a bit of criticism, but I think they've dealt with it a little bit differently, I think, to what we have. So I don't know why. Maybe they're an important commodity. I mean, Moses on Reeks, the Australian cricketer recently, yeah. took some time off um, and was helped. Um, and they return back. I mean, they give them a decent amount of time to uh, return and that's a Western, Bull, Western Bulldogs player, similarly, whose yeah. name just eludes me. Was it Tom me. Boyd? Uh, oh, Tom Boyd, so yeah. yes, yeah. who just took some time off. Um, well, that's rich quick, and um, because of the issues in battling, and in mm. fact, his coach breaks down in support. I don't, I can't imagine a, you know, many CEOs around the country breaking down in support of a doctor that's had to quit because of mental health issues. Yet. Um, a very tough football coach coaching the Western Bulldogs mm. uh, sees fit to be emotional about it. You know, different. I, I don't know why, what the difference is. I guess it, one of those cases um, in in the medical world where the you know the support wasn't there. Um, it was you know the, the case of Yumiko Kadota. The she made national headlines, yeah. uh, obviously, and I think most would know her story by now. And in a nutshell, she effectively ended up quitting medicine after battling yeah. her own mental health issues related to burnout in a workplace that seemingly did little to help her. I guess uh, I should probably also mention she she took part in the um, Crazy Socks for Doc launch uh, last Friday in a, in a panel discussion with yourself and a couple of others. Um, 
she, given the work that you're doing in this space, uh, the advocacy that you have in this yep. issue, what was your reaction to hearing her story when it first came out? I mean, this was a doctor who was being pushed right to the brink and was asking for help, uh, but none really came. Um, I, I will, a number of us, a number of senior doctors who have been advocating it, you know, for both fairer hours and work conditions and also looking after people in distress, we were, I was just gobsmacked and horrified. I was beyond trying to understand what they put me go through. Um, and look, she was stuck in a situation where, and look, she said this last week at the launch, where mm. she couldn't go to the HR department because she felt like, you know, she'd be going behind the back of a supervisor. I suppose in an Australian term, that'd be dobbing. Mm. I mean, she's Japanese descent, but like, that'd be dobbing on your boss. Right. And then she couldn't go to her boss because the boss controls her future career. So uh, we were just dumbfounded. Um, and, you know, I think she was pleading for help and in fact there were people within that group there was not everybody within that you know her craft group there that was bad a number were supporting her and they mm. couldn't get support for supporting her you know what i mean it wasn't just there were some other doctors within that yeah group it my understanding is that who was supportive of what she was saying mm. so I, I i thought you know with sometimes with this you think with all this advocacy in action and trying to raise it, you're going backwards sometimes. You think it just hasn't changed. You know, you could have, I mean, whether Nico is permanently lost in medicine, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, she's making a few career changes. She's just, I mean, it's public. It's on a Twitter. She's doing some anatomy demonstrating starting today, I think. So, and some teaching. So, which is good. Yeah. Um, and I mean, she's, you know, an intelligent, you know, human being, and she's treated really badly. She shouldn't. Be, she's not one you want to lose to medicine. Yeah, to be I guess. I guess that's the issue, isn't it? I mean, we risk losing these incredibly intelligent, incredibly well-trained people, who you know, f purely for the for the for the for the reason that we're not providing that that short. You know, in, yeah. in a lot of cases, you know, you know, short term. When you look at a career, it's a short period in which you know there needs to be perhaps some time support. and some support yeah. to just get that person through that period, and whether you know whether it's managing it long term so that they can get back to work or whatever it might be. It, it just yeah. seems like that too often. That's just oh well, that that person didn't make it; they're not cut out anymore. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, and you're not. I mean, there's been a number of international sports stars and local sports stars that are managed, they, they manage their mental health, maybe privately or publicly, and the teams get them through and they still compete at the highest level. I mean, you know, you could go to swimming with Ian Thorpe and Liesl Jones mm. and uh, numerous others. I mean, the best people in the best swimmers in the world at the time. And they were struggling, but they, you know... We obviously hope that this kind of case, you know, with, with Yumiko that we were just talking about, causes the sort of seismic shift that's needed. Um, I, mean, you, I mean, you really hear any pushback 
against the calls for greater support for doctors who are battling mental health, um, uh, ill health or, or heavy stress, um, burnout, those kinds of issues. But inaction um, seems to be the biggest threat here. I mean, how do we how do we make the most of the momentum that we got from a case, you know, as, as horrid as as Yumiko's case? How do we may how do we um, maintain the momentum that the conversation that we had there to actually um, get something moving? That's a good question, and I'm not quite sure. I think you just got to keep pushing out the story. I mean, Mika was fortunate enough to speak in front of um, last week a number of CEOs of mental health organisations, our local Victorian Health Minister, a number of members of Parliament, um, and they get touched by the story. And so I think, you know, they will take, you know, they will listen to the story. I think the stories are the things that, you know, you can write, you know, can write to ministers and write to health departments mm. as much as you like, but putting someone in front of them with a real story uh, confronts the people to make change. And sadly, you know, I'm not sure some of the hospitals that she is at have changed much over the last decade or so, which is sad. Have you, you seen? Know. Have we seen much change generally, though? I mean, obviously, you've, this is an issue that you've been, you know, tuned into pretty Look, closely. I, you know, in the last few years, have what sort of progress have we have you seen in the, in I, the time you've been think, driving this? I think there is gradual. There is a gradual push. I think certainly the med students and junior. And I mean, look, I'm, depends where you work in the country, whether you're a junior doctor, doctor in training, young doctor. But essentially, I, I take that term as being whichever way mm. you want, because people get upset whichever term they use. Yeah, but sure. you know, but you know, like people in their sort of oh, earlier yes. parts of the careers, and then you've got people in the later part of the careers. But I think the people in the early part of the careers are happy to push on and. Um, change and advocate a little bit more. Mm. And the, the other issue is it's not just them that are suffering. I think a lot of the senior doctors are suffering. And as I've said to Nico and others, you know, offline, it's that sometimes we can't provide, we haven't, we wouldn't have been able to provide the support. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to support her six or seven years ago because I wasn't well enough to support myself. Mm. So she may, you know, if she'd been working in hospital, I was at. Yeah. She might have perceived that as me being unsupportive, but I, you know, I was struggling to stay alive too. So, um, you know, sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's just people like, you know, the senior doctors are, are unwilling for cultural change and to change things around. I mean, you, the most, I think, a lot of it comes from the leadership group, and that's the CEO and the chair of the hospitals and the college groups they drive a lot of this and the culture can change very dramatically if you have a good ceo or good board chair in your hospital or your institution um it'll be it'll be slow Mm. i think i think you know it's not the job changed since i was a younger doctor you know i think and the people need to listen to things. So I think the relative hours that we worked were longer when I was a junior doctor, but the intensity of the hours is not the same as the doctors now. So, you know, the stresses, um, there are extra stresses, you know, CV buffering, the competition's greater, mm. you know, the, 
the intense, the workload intensity is greater than what we went through. Right. Um, and the scrutiny is greater. There wasn't any social media. You know, there's a whole lot of other issues that the younger doctors are put through. So I don't think, you know, I wouldn't have thought a 12 or 14 hour shift of the junior doctor now is the same as what I would have done in a 12 or 14 hour shift. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Still similar, but I think the intensity and extra stresses are probably different. So that's not, you know, I'm certainly not advocating anyone work the hours we did. That was just insane. Sure, no, no, no. I take your point. What I'm saying is it's kind of, it's changed. So that, you know, you can't compare generations or different times because it's completely different and um, the pressures on the younger doctor are different to the pressures on the when we were younger doctors as mm. is the pressures on the senior doctors now compared to the senior doctors uh, in the past in the system so yeah once you put your head above the parapet on this issue as it were, like, yeah. did you did you find that other doctors who might have similar issues or experiences to what you've been through started coming to you for advice and support? If so, how did you deal with that? Is that something you were ready for? Uh, they do. Um, I'm very careful. I kind of say I'm not a psychiatrist, and mm. you know, without trying to be too rude, um, I start I can't, you know. Yeah. take on board this. But I do listen to their stories. A lot of people will come up to me after I give talks and other mm. and other things, you know, and speak. But, I, you know, generally they kind of, because I'm a cardiologist, they kind of don't expect me to fix their brain. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, they do. But without, I, you know, I point them in the right direction because I can't take that on. It's, yeah. It's not possible, you know. But, you, you know, you, I guess you understand um, that, that you know, here is someone that they're seeing you as an example of someone who actually has you know taken those steps, those incredibly brave steps to, to not only um, speak out and try and change, but also speak openly about their own situation. So it's sort of yeah, it it must be heartening for for, for doctors who might be struggling to see someone who actually you know is setting an example that they that might be able to follow. Well, it's heartening, and also I get uh, both Mika and I. have received messages since last Friday's launch about mm. people that have gone and got help because yeah. they saw it. Yeah. So, you know, that's what it's about. Exactly. So, um, and people that probably may not have, but they saw the thing and they thought, now I've got to go and do it. Mm. So I don't know how old they were, you know, what <laughs> yeah. group of training and stuff, but generally I've seen that. And so, yeah, it does. And look, it gets, um, I know this, it's predominantly a doctor's thing, mm. but I've got messages from people in other craft groups, you know, um, whatever, physios, OTs in the hospital that yep. have also gone and got help because we're speaking out. So, you know, it, it crosses a lot of craft groups in the yeah. hospital. Uh, have you been surprised by the reaction to the initiative? I mean, what? Why do you think this initiative has struck such a chord with doctors around the world, and and, and as you say, people for across different um, craft groups? But why has it struck um, such a chord? I think. Well, uh, I, <laughs> um, I think we didn't have a movement for us in a way, mm. and we needed one, and it just the timing was right. I think it also was quirky. Um, 
it's easy to do. It doesn't require any money or, you know, hardly, it doesn't require any effort, really. Yeah. You're just going to put on a pair of socks and turn up to work. And, <laughs> um, and so it's simple, which is why it works. And I think it was required. Mm. And people have fun doing it. And, um, you know, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, it's not a kind of onerous task, but people have fun doing it. Um, and I think it was needed. I mean, I get messages, um, South Africa's doing, I got mess- a message from a dean of a university in South Africa who, um, or chancellor, they're the equivalent of a chancellor whose son was a medical student and died. And she wanted to start the movement and she'd heard about it and she started it there. And then they've written articles in the South African Medical Journal and, and other issues because of the same, it's the same issue. I mean, it needed some sort of movement yeah, yeah. in a way. And I just hit it at the right time. And I think the other reason was it didn't come from a, I mean, I got a little bit of pushback from a couple of countries because I thought it was just another, you know, movement created by government or an organisation. And then when it was realised that it came at a... This is grassroots. Grassroots from lived experience and then realised that, you know, it was an authentic campaign and that's the other issue. Most of the... I mean, if you look at other authentic campaigns, you know, like the big freeze with Neil Danaher. Yeah, absolutely. It's because of his experience, you know, his lived experience. Yeah. You know, simple idea, lived experience, grassroots. I think that's where they start from. Are you okay? They started the same way, Mm. you know. And how can doctors get involved in Crazy Socks? We sort of touched on it before, but um, I wanted to just flag it again because we're getting towards the end of our our time. Um, Is it what is the, 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 the tag is hashtag crazy socks for number four docs. Is that correct? Yes, that's the tag. Right. Um, so you tag that and you put it on whatever social media platform you have. So Instagram, you, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, every, anywhere else. Uh, LinkedIn, if LinkedIn. you want to. Yep. Uh, so that covers most of the social media platforms. You can email it out. Um, if you don't have a social media account, get, you know, get tagged in with someone that does. And then start the conversation. And we're going to try and, uh, uh, in Australia last year, we got 40 million views, or 40 million views on the day, but uh, probably around the world, because some other countries don't like using the word crazy, so they use right. funky and they use stock <laughs> for doc. If you add all those in, we got about 50 million views. So if we can get better than that, that'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. And look, I, I, don't know the number of conversations that are happening around the country and the world now because of this, and that's what it's about, or the lives that are saved. I'll never know. So, well, hopefully, many more change. to come. Before I let yeah, you go, yeah. I just wanted to ask you: yep. Have you got your socks picked out for Friday, and are you able I, to give us an exclusive as to what you'll be wearing? Oh, uh, you can. Well, yeah, I can. I've got some socks. Look, I go with. I go with my, I've got one sock that has my dog on it, Sammy, who started the uh, by chewing up the By chewing up the other sock. sock. Yep. He's on one sock. And the other sock I often reserve for my football team, so, which is the Tigers. Right. So, so I either have a Dustin Martin or a Jack Revolt sock. <laughs> um, 
and uh, because they are over 37 years built my resilience and tolerance to to disappointment uh, and then <laughs> Before you finally, you know, you got you got you won the granny the other year. So I won the granny a year ago. So they're probably the socks. I'll I'll have them on tomorrow, and I kind of do it. I'm actually in Adelaide now, so I'm in Crow's territory. Oh dear! Make sure no one so, sees you. Oh, no, they'll see me. Okay. <laughs> well, look, thank you so much, Dr. Jeff Kugood. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. All the best for Crazy Socks for Docs Day this Friday. I hope you get tons of views and um and the thing can really take off uh, to another thank level you. again. Thanks for having me. Another huge thanks to Dr. Jeff Toogood for making the time to talk to us this week. Um, get your colourful socks out. Use the hashtag CrazySocks4Docs. That's with the number four again. CrazySocks4Docs. Have some fun this Friday. Um, some fun that hopefully will lead to some, some really helpful and supportive conversations and hopefully some change in the way that um, as, a, as a profession we're approaching doctors' mental health. Before I go, I urge you again, if you've not already, please register for the CCIM 2019 Symposium. To do so, you've got to head over to creativecareersinmedicine.com. You can get all the info about the event, including the latest speaker editions, and of course, you can follow CCIM on Facebook and Instagram. Time's running out. It's only less than two months away, so best get over there and make it happen now. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying these episodes, please subscribe and feel free to spread the word for us. This has been an Embrace Creative production for Creative Careers in Medicine. I'll be back with more interviews and special guests very soon. Bye for now.